Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, the bank built and supported by industry super funds. Ever wondered about getting a better deal on your home loan? Well, it might be time to get in touch with MeBank. Whatever your investment strategy, you'll find a loan that's right for you with competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So stop wondering and start saving. Call MeBank on 131 563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now here's the show. Property can be quite a slow-moving, I guess, growth formula and if you pay too much for property... You know, you're going to have to wait and take some time for it to, to grow past what you've paid. And uh, obviously, if you want to recycle equity, you know, it has to grow quite handsomely. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump and in this episode, we're speaking with passionate property investor Sam Sagers, a managing partner in Positive Real Estate. We'll chat about the influence from friends in high places whose home was featured on The Bachelor and how a blunder early in his journey made him realize the true worth of property. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. With 20 years of experience in the real estate industry, Sagas has two separate roles dividing his time while also an active property investor himself. My name is Sam Saggers. I'm CEO of Positive Real Estate, which is an investment agency uh, located in Australia and New Zealand. I'm also a managing partner of Richardson & Wrench, which is uh, Australia's oldest real estate agency. I work within the projects division there. Uh, over the last 20 years, I've uh, really um, specialised in understanding investment real estate and understanding the various different markets around Australia. I've built up a property portfolio over those years um, of over 20 odd properties and uh, yeah, learned a few tips and I guess uh, strategies along the way. In any given day, he's immersed in property whether it be researching, strategizing or inspecting. Uh, most given days, I'm analysing real estate, uh, researching property, visiting property, visiting different cities. I spend a lot of my time simply sharing information, talking to people about property investment, uh, strategies within the marketplace. I do a lot of presentations. So most days, um, I'm either presenting on property or actually visiting real estate. 
uh, and uh, inspecting it. And you mentioned that uh, you're part of Richardson Wrench in the property, uh, the uh, project division. So, what's that entail? Yeah, so Richardson Wrench Projects. Uh, well, Richardson Wrench is Australia's oldest real estate agent agency. It's very, um, very uh, people from Sydney, for example, would be quite familiar with it. Uh, within the Riches and Arrange Projects Division, um, I head up and specialise uh, really um, properties which are suitable for investment, but also owner-occupying uh, properties which are primarily projects uh, in inner urban areas. So, yeah, it's just residential, um, really targeted towards the sort of home buyer market. Finding passion in his roles within both businesses, Sagas is constantly amazed by the different dimensions of real estate. Because I um, obviously lead up Positive Real Estate, which is really a wholesaler within the marketplace. It's an investor-focused business. Um, it's, it's great because I get to work with people who are uh, passionate about the investment or the buying side of, of real estate. And then as I work in Richardson and Wrench, um, I get to see another side of real estate, which is, you know, properties that people want to make their own home. Um, I also get to see the selling side of real estate, what sells well in the marketplace, um, what um, typically fetches more at auction, for example, because uh, the properties tick a lot of boxes. So I get to, yeah, I guess live the property dream with um, representing both businesses. Growing up in a wealthier area of Sydney, Sager's exposure to affluent families was part of the reason why he became involved with property. So I grew up in Sydney. I grew up in a, quite an affluent suburb um, called Hunters Hill here in Sydney. It's sort of 10 kilometres from the city centre. Uh, Hunters Hill is a suburb to, still today full of many millionaires and billionaires. Um, back when I was growing up there, um, Certainly, I was exposed to, to many wealthy individuals in that suburb. Uh, my family, a bit of a sort of um, working class battlers, we actually bought in that suburb, or my parents bought in that suburb in a in a um, in a street really no one wanted to to buy in. Um, it had a bit of a sort of bad reputation in that neighbourhood, so they picked up something quite cheap. Um, and then just raised me, obviously, in the neighbourhood. And I guess it was a bit of a gift because I got to be uh, surrounded by um, families that were extremely wealthy. Um, today, some of, I guess, the BRW top 200 richest Australians live in Hunters Hill. And uh, many of those families I, I was exposed to as, at a young age, in fact, really my early exposure to their wealth, which was tied up primarily in, in real estate, was one of one of the reasons I'm in real estate um, and one of the reasons I invest in real estate because I saw quite early on from many of these wealthy um, families that dominate that suburb that really, if you, if you want to become um, quite stable economically in your life, property is such a good vehicle. This influence remained strong throughout his formative years. So um, I went to a couple of schools, um, and uh, but I did go to the local primary school. And uh, at that local sort of primary school, many of many of the the, the um, 
you know, I guess kids from the neighbourhood also were there. And I became very good friends with many of them, which I'm, of course, friends with today. Um, and Billy, becoming friends with, I guess, you know, just like any kid in, in any neighbourhood, um, you know, you got to go over to your friend's house and then all of a sudden, you know, you, uh, unbeknownst to you, their father is, you know, a mogul in real estate. And uh, that that happened to me on several occasions in, in that suburb. So I was pretty blessed to, for, my fa- for my family to sort of uh, decide to live there. Some of the families which influenced Sagas at a young age turned out to be owners of two of the most successful companies in Australia, with one of the family's houses actually aired on a popular television program. For me, um, probably two, two families kind of stood out. The first was um, the Graces and uh, the Graces were, um, I guess, the family that started Grace Brothers, which today is called Myers. Um, and the Graces were uh, a beautiful family. Um, they uh, had, uh, well, had one of the m- most interesting properties in that suburb um, at that time. It was literally, you know, like a castle. In fact, the the property um, most recently was was on um, the Bachelor, the TV show, as as the sort of the place where where you know that show shot, show was filmed, but it was such a an interesting property to to go and visit on a daily basis that for a start I I fell in love from art with architecture at an early age from visiting that property because it's just such an interesting property, um, and then over and above that I guess um, my friend Sean um, the Teak family. Um, they're well-known, uh, I guess, uh, property owners here in here in in Sydney. Um, their company is called Gwynville, and they would own, you know, several several hundred um, residential, commercial, industrial properties across Australia. They feature in BRW top uh, top two hundred wealthiest sort of Australian families, and and yeah, without question, spending time with them always um, taught me many, many lessons on, on, on real estate. That is so inspiring, so cool too. So, just, just since you've touched on the topic that the Grace's house, so is that the actual house you're saying that was filmed on The Bachelor? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I <laughs> think it was the first, first three or four seasons of The Bachelor and then they decided to, to move it to another house. But yeah, season one, two, three, I think. Gosh, how how did you feel when you actually saw saw it on TV? You must have got oh, look, memories. Uh, yeah, I oh, look. Uh, to be honest, I, I I wasn't watching the program until until um, yeah, just one night I randomly sort of walked past it, and at the time, um, I was like, oh, I know that house, and then and then I I actually um, sort of just texted my friend and asked asked Sean actually, is it is that is that um, you know. Ted's house, and uh, yeah, he was like, "Yeah, it's, it's on the Bachelor." <laughs> so, <laughs> small world, <laughs> yeah, small yeah. world. Yeah, by the way, your house is on TV. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I had no idea. But, um, oh, look, they've long, long since sold up and moved mm. on. But um, yeah, it, it was yeah, just how I remembered it. It was an amazing piece of architecture. 
Wow. Yeah. It's really, really exciting to be exposed to it at a very young age. Coming up after the break, we'll delve further into Saga's journey and discover what was the next step for him. But in my era, we did a three-year diploma and then, you know, you could work in the industry while, you know, studying real estate. How he started out in property investing. As you do when you're young, you're kind of full of energy, but not necessarily that street street smart when it comes to economics. And um, yeah, I, I guess I jumped the gun and paid a little bit too much for the property. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, a different kind of bank built and supported by industry super funds. You could be getting a better deal on your home loan by getting in touch with MeBank. They offer competitive rates in two loan types, one with a range of features including the ability to fix your rate and have multiple offset accounts and another that's nice and simple with no ongoing fees. Both loans provide the flexibility of interest only or principal and interest. So whatever your investment strategy, you'll find a home loan that's right for you. Stop wondering and start saving by giving MeBank a call on 131563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now back to the show. Are you looking at buying or investing in property? Like what are the property hotspots or how do I start my portfolio? Clever ways to renovate and how to make an extra $50,000? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts at the Property Buy Expo in Brisbane on the 26th to 27th of May. Use the promo code PI for a free 2-day pass valued at $50. For tickets and more information, visit the website at propertybuyexpo.com.au. Now back to the show. After completing his schooling, Sagas traveled for a year before beginning his tertiary education real estate. After sort of school, I actually went traveling for a bit of a gap year and went and went and uh, lived overseas, lived in London, uh, lived in Sweden, lived in Cyprus and uh, yeah, just, just got some worldly, I guess, experience around uh, travel and, and people and uh, from there, uh, came back to Australia and actually at the time, that particular time to get into real estate was a three-year diploma and uh, you did that primarily at, at TAFE sort of four days a week and um, they've chopped and changed it over the years um, uh, from property economics degrees to diplomas and things like that but in my era, we did a three-year diploma and then, you know, you could work in the industry while, you know, studying real estate. So for me, I essentially, yeah, sort of started out by learning learning it through, um, through education and then uh, jumped into getting a job in real estate and, and really you know, um, early on, I was, I was in real estate. So from age um, 19, I, I jumped into real estate. 
Although starting his career in real estate in property management and sales, he found his niche when he began investing into property. I started just in property management for a couple of years and uh, worked in North Ride and yeah, just just did the sort of ground up kind of approach and from there um, got into some early residential sales um, and then really I guess my fascination with real estate didn't take off until I started to invest in real estate. I guess uh, I wasn't I wasn't a fantastic salesperson or a fantastic property manager. So my I never I guess liked that side of real estate where um, you know today I guess many real estate agents really don't even own real estate. They they pride themselves on being great salespeople. Um, for me. You know, I was a sort of mediocre kind of salesperson and mediocre property manager, but I liked the industry and and really, I guess I found my home when I started started buying real estate and started to become a, a buyer's agent. Um, and that and that's really, you know, I guess, you know, it took a little bit of time to get to that place, but yeah, that's that's where my passion lies. That's that's really good. So, sort of putting things into perspective, roughly what year was this um, going back when you first started getting into buying property and also investing into property? It would have been like close to, I guess, the year year two thousand, maybe nineteen ninety nine, and uh, I bought sort of my first first property um, in in Sydney, actually, and. Um, yeah, I, I sort of chose a property which wasn't the best. Um, it was an area I knew quite well, and um, yeah, I started out with that property, and and yeah, I, I guess I've gone on to bigger and better things since then. In two thousand, the first property Sagas invested in was bought emotionally in a familiar area. Upon failing to yield to his satisfaction, he eventually sold it and started afresh. I just bought a, a property uh, in Sydney in, in a suburb, um, Putney, and uh, it was close to where I lived, close to where I worked. Um, it was, I guess, at the time, um, I probably paid too much for the property. I was, I was a little bit emotional about it. Um, There's a few other people quite interested in it. And um, as you do when you're young, you're kind of full of energy, but not necessarily that street street smart when it comes to economics and um yeah I, I guess i jumped the gun and paid a little bit too much for the property property can be quite a slow moving uh, i guess growth formula and if you pay too much for property you know you're going to have to wait and take some time for it to to grow past what you've paid and uh obviously if you want to recycle equity you know it has to grow quite handsomely so my first property i only held it for about 18 months and then I decided to to sell it because it was old, secondhand. It was full of repairs and maintenance problems. It 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 was really not a great yielding property. Um, and I ended up sort of selling it and sort of starting again. But it taught taught me a great lesson, you know, that you need to understand how much a property truly costs to own you week in week out. Um, you need to know your, 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 I guess, your tax foundation to understand, you know, what your true costs are, um, and really need to um, just understand like 
what extra costs are involved in holding real estate, particularly if it's old and a bit run down. Um, so for me, you know, the actual daily cost of of running that property plus the fact that I overpaid for the property, um, I couldn't see, I guess, a, a, a winning economic outcome for many years to come. So I decided just to sell it and, and I could save faster than I could having a property which was, I guess, um, you know, g- going backwards. Having accumulated 20 properties in his portfolio, it's not always been a smooth road to success. Sagas has learned over the years to ensure that owning properties doesn't impact on his lifestyle. Oh, look, I think uh, I've been quite fortunate. I mean, probably probably my low was the previous story I just sort of mentioned where I overpaid for property um, and bought a property which was, you know, really sucking the cash out of me. Um, I think it's prudent today. I mean, a lot of people in Sydney, for example, where property prices are expensive, where incomes aren't necessarily growing right now. You know, a lot of those properties cost $500 a week um, just from your wage to to hold. So you have to be very, very careful that you're, you know, choosing a property which is primarily paid for through the tenant um, and or tax and once you're spending I think more than 50 or 100 dollars a week out of your own back pocket it gets very difficult to own real estate um, and feel good about it so for me really the pain lesson was to the the cash flow side of real estate Um, when you have really good rents and really good um, deductions from property um, really you shouldn't need to put too much out of your own you know, wage or job or lifestyle. Um, the big lesson for me was the first property I chose actually impacted my lifestyle, which um, made me quite unhappy. And uh, I sort of vowed to never make that kind of mistake again. And fortunately, you know, most of the properties I've chosen um, have have all been able to p- wash their own face, pay for themselves. So even if they haven't grown, um, like exponentially, or even if I haven't been able to recycle money out of them quickly, they've never bothered me because the rents and the tax incentives have always have always looked after the asset. His aha moment where everything clicked for him was when he realized the potential of property where he's directed and made for owner occupies as an end result. You know, I feel like I'm I'm continually learning and and understanding the real estate market and um, without question, I kind of have those moments all the time. But probably most recently, I guess for me, understanding the real estate market of today, um, there's lots of supply of real estate out there. Uh, There's a lot of production. Australia's got a big plan to uh, certainly grow its population. Uh, we need a new property every three minutes and 55 seconds to to keep up with the population production um, that Australia Australia's overall goal is. Um, our big cities are being um, a- activated with people. And so for me, probably the biggest lesson is, um, and, and really I think it, it, it's, it's a shrewd lesson is, 
you know, there's a lot of homogenous real estate out in the real estate market and um, many properties are just designed poorly. Um, they're uh, produced on mass. Um, and I'm not talking about just big buildings. Some big buildings are produced and are very unique, very architecturally savvy, very beautiful. And some buildings are just, you know, just not. And uh, the same with houses. Some houses really appeal to the owner-occupier marketplace and then other houses, people um, will will never buy them as an owner-occupier and they'll sit in a sort of rental pool for life. And I guess my big moment or most recent aha moment is, you know, you really got to focus on properties that people aspire to one day call their home because if you buy an investment that one day becomes someone's own home um, and they look at it because it is unique and beautiful and good, they'll pay you top dollar for that property and you will you'll get um, very good capital growth along the way. The moment you forget there is or needs to be an end user over and above you, the investor, who's just getting a rental return. Um, you know, real estate, real estate can be quite cruel if an owner-occupier doesn't want the property from you. So I think the big moment for me is really investments today, in particular in this sort of saturated marketplace that we're seeing. You know, they need to stand out from the crowd. Um, and they need to be in really good locations um, and be, you know, sought after by people who one day want to live in them and call them their home. And if you, I think, stick to those three basics, a good property, a good location, um, and a property which is going to meet the market, then you're, you're going to do well out of real estate. In the belief that choosing the right property is vital, Sagas says that property needs to be liquid. There's a lot of investment-grade real estate out there and they're in um, subpar locations. I mean, you can do whatever you want to real estate. You can, you can rent it out. You can, you know, I don't know, develop it, subdivide it, um, renovate it. But you can never change a property's location and you're stuck with it. So I think, you know, buying in the right street, in the right neighbourhood, in the, in the right suburb or town and then focusing in on well what is the right dwelling for that area and that could be in a big building or it could be in a small building or it could be in an individual you know detached home but it's got to be the right dwelling and as soon as you choose the wrong property um, your capital growth is less your ability to recycle equity is harder even if the market grows um, and of course, you you um, you know are exposed to a tough resale um, market. You know, real estate needs to be liquid. It, you, if you've bought the right property, you should be able to sell it within thirty to sixty days. If you bought the wrong property, it can take months, even years, to offload the wrong property. Um, and uh, and that's just because it doesn't match what truly the local market is is looking for. 
also inspired by Sega's story and his amazing aha moment, we'll continue the conversation in a future episode on Property Investory where we'll discuss the nuts and bolts of his strategy. So I think the main thing to create a good long-term buy and hold strategy uh, is without question, you've got to have um, a fairly good rental return that allows you to cover the, the debt you take on. The personal habit which has contributed towards his success Technologies improving and replacing people, um, for the most part, econ- in in broad economics. So I, I guess for me, like I just constantly got to learn. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Invest Story. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send out exclusively via email, then head over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com to receive your free case studies. Thanks for listening. If you love the show and you're ready to get serious about saving on your home loan, give MeBank a call. MeBank is the bank built by industry super funds, famous for their competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So, whatever your investment strategy, you'll find the loan that's right for you. Call MeBank on 131563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.